Welcome guys to a very special bonus edition of Wrestling Ruined. I am Eddie Shepard along with... Brandon Lane. I'm going to do all the vitriol with my... Uh, <laughs> this is a bonus episode. You want you want the good stuff, stick around to the regular series. And we I'm your podcast champion though, if oh, you need that. Yeah, I can see. Uh, special guest today, because Travis couldn't stick around. Cody Ford. Yeah, very, uh, very glad to have you on the podcast. Uh, I'm, ju I'm just upset. <laughs> I'm just upset at how enthusiastic you are right now with with this whole deal because, like, I feel like every time we do our little podcast, it's like pulling teeth to try to get the intro done. Hey, so so, so like the podcast that you put me on with these other motherfuckers, like <laughs> it was like pulling teeth to get any kind of reaction. Well, th those weren't our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I told them about how like they would say like. Their favorite wrestler was New Jack, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's been... We've, we've done, like, the podcast tour, but it definitely wasn't, like, the uh, the upper echelon uh, of podcasts that we've done. I pretty much sent, like, all these... Like, every podcast that follows us on Twitter, I just sent them all a DM. I was like, hey, guys, trying to get on a podcast, trying to get... And so, like, the only ones who answered, obviously, were the dudes who really needed... I guess, <laughs> I guess. And so, like, that for, uh, the second one we did, where uh, I, t I literally talked to these guys, like, all week, because they wouldn't leave me alone. And they're like, yeah, you know, like, tell me all this stuff. And I, uh, I explained to them that our main goal was to put over NGW and the show we have coming up. So the first thing that they say when we get on there is, uh, so guys, like, who's your favorite wrestlers or like something like that? I'm like, oh God, I, I'd messaged Eddie on uh, Facebook, like while we're on there, I was like, dude, this is terrible. So I, I, I've been following NGW since its inception. So I have a different perspective than either one of you on the other side of the table of NGW and, and just uh, up front. 99.9% .9 positive, and I, I got to give you guys a lot of credit for, for creating a show that is heads and tails better than a lot of the surrounding area is either worthy of doing, able to do. What is it that allows NGW to sort of set themselves apart from, you know, good, bad, and in between other wrestling promotions? Oh, man. Uh, that's a... Good question. I feel like we could. Uh, Eddie and I said we weren't going to bury anybody too hard. Well, listen, I'm not going to ask you to, to get your shovel out and, and bury. I just want you guys to explain to me, like, what is it that's great about NGW to the people out there that maybe haven't, you know, got on board the NGW Express just yet? I feel like one thing that we do to try to set ourselves apart is book in a way that it could be appealing to any type of wrestling fan. Uh, so when you look at the card from top to bottom, each match uh, presents its own uh, level of entertainment in very different uh, forms. So I feel like that's one of the things that we really uh, try to, you know, put a lot of effort into developing. Um, and that's just one of the things off the top of my head. I, I, I honestly, man, like I think the biggest thing is. Is you and me, when we first started doing NGW back in like 2014, <clears throat> our big thing was we wanted to use people that not everybody else used. And you know, Brandon, just locally, 
like if you could pick like five or six shows and eighty percent of the roster is the same. And, and that's not to take anything away from some no. of the, the talent around here. There's some very very talented people, but you know, old hat. You see the same people all the time. It's no different than Raw. You know, after a while, you're gonna get tired of seeing the same four or five people. You know, kind of put in positions of you know to go. And uh, having NGW bring people in uh, kind of gives you a, a different edge. Uh, the people that you've brought in over the years, I know you've, you've sort of had your cornerstone players, and some of them have gone on to bigger and better things. If you had to, like, you know, pick sort of like your Mount Rushmore of NGW, mm. like who's on that? Who's on that? The Mount Rushmore. It's a four. So, I mean, clearly Matt. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah, Matt Cross just uh, being the... We always kind of refer to him as like our, the stepping stone for us because the heart and soul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like the first guy that we took a chance on, as far as like bringing him in from, uh, you know, from kind of outside the area, really. So Matt Cross would have to be there. Um, I'm trying not to give bland answers because I feel like obviously you know Shane Strickland had his run with the NGW Championship, and that I feel like kind of gave us another leap. Um, I don't know if you feel the yeah, same way. I do. How you, how you feel? I feel like he'd be on there. I think when you break down all the matches Shane Strickland had, I think every single one of them was a match from with, from day one. It was notable, yeah. Because I mean, he came in and had matches with Menace, and it, no one really knew who Shane Strickland was locally because you know not everybody's an indie fan. So when they saw Shane Strickland and they saw him knock out Menace in the first round of the NGW tournament that he went on to win, it was like, oh shit, this guy's coming in. And then the next match he had was with Matt. Yeah. At Nightmare in Army Road. Yeah. And to me, that's still one of the best matches I think we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and he beat Matt, and everyone was like, oh my God, he beat Matt. And then he became the champion, um, which helped us out. I mean, because he's he's working all these places. He was like the Defy champion. Here's all these other big indie shows across the country, and he's our champion, and he's putting our belt on social media, tagging us in it. That's more eyes on our product. It's interesting to me, too, to think of what, not to like stray away from the question, but like, what could have been with him because we were hitting such a peak and now, you know, he got signed obviously. So I always think about like after, you know, if he hadn't have gotten signed, where would that have went? Like, it oh, could yeah. have, you know, we could have done so much with him. So there's Matt Cross and Shane Strickland. Definitely. Um, what do you, who do you think for the next? I mean, I, I would love to go to like local guys. I mean, even Lenny, uh, Lenny's kind of been one of the, the grounded, members of, of NGW. Lenny is very uh, polarizing is the best word to use with Lenny. Um, I mean, we'll kind of talk, I mean, be dead honest with it, the whole Joey Ryan situation and all that. I mean, Lenny is still kind of, you know, stuck by uh, Joey's side and that's his prerogative, not ours. We'll do an entire episode, separate episode on how I feel about Joey Ryan, but continue. Uh, yeah, but like, uh, but Lenny, like I said, he's polarizing, but he's still our friend. And I think he has helped us grow tremendously as well. Um, one, one thing about him that you have to give him credit for is uh, he stands by what he believes. Yeah. And from day one, whenever a lot of people uh, would say what they wanted about us, uh, in a lot of the places that Lenny worked, they would have negative things to say or whatever. He would never, you know, uh, not stand up for us or, or you know, put us over. 
So, I mean, that's that's the one yeah. thing about him that I appreciate. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, going forward to Rich Swan. I mean, Rich Swan was about to retire before he came and wrestled Shane Strickland, and that's like the match that everyone always goes to as probably the greatest NGW match we've ever had. And uh, so, I mean, I, and Rich is just a great guy. So I, I would always put Rich on that list as well. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I feel. I feel like. There's so many others that you could put over and like say good things about. Oh yeah, but uh, you know those those guys really have helped us um, since they came into uh, our little world of NGW. They've helped put the show over and uh, done nothing selfish. Yeah. All right, so let, let's let's talk sort of fantasy booking here. Like, let's say that money is no object. Um, oh, money's not an object, brother. <laughs> oh, all right, fair, fair enough, fair enough. All right, no. Braun no. Strowman, NGW confirmed. Go no, fuck himself. <laughs> um, if uh, anybody that's like currently not signed, like, what match do you think would like would be the big match that could be put together? You know, financially. Speaking. Hmm. Um, I don't know that a, a match stands out in my mind, but like Daniel Bryan to me would be. Yeah. Daniel Bryan would be the biggest get for us because not only would he come in there and bust his ass, but he has such a name value. Absolutely. That he's anyone, you know, from my kids to, you know, someone's grandparents, they're going to know who Daniel Bryan is. Well, just he, from- he has both mainstream and uh, credibility within. <laughs> they agree too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That may be him actually right now. <laughs> Special guest. Uh, so, who would you book him against? Like, what, would you put him against one of the, your tried and true NGW guys, or would you bring in somebody you know the sort of equal star power to kind of like put yourself in the you know the driver's seat of the the showcase of the Tennessee area. It's so tough, man, because our go-to is Matt Cross because we know he'll never let us down. And also, as far as I'm concerned, I always want to put him over as much as I can just to give back for what he's given to us. Um, so that's like obviously the first guy that comes to my mind. But I feel like you could probably get um, some value out of some other guys too. Do you have who? Who do you? Th- I mean, Matt would always be the first person I think of, or Rich, because I feel like you put Rich Swan in there with anybody, and you're going to get a great match. And you put him in there with a guy like Daniel Bryan, it, or Bryan Danielson. He, he's 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 going to have he's going to steal a show. But I mean, fantasy booking. I mean, if if we were ever wanting to book, I mean, even people that are signed right now. Um, I mean, there's there was a, a long list of people that we would love to try to get and. I know Cody would agree with me, and uh, he's also kind of polarizing. But Cody Rhodes and Matt Cross three, I think that our biggest one of the biggest shows we ever drew was Cody Rhodes versus Matt Cross, and I think that match would draw hard still. Yeah, I agree for sure. It was kind of, uh, especially Newport. You think of Newport, like that was one of the biggest. I mean, that was probably one of the biggest events that's even happened in Newport in the past several decades. I would imagine, uh, but. Definitely, uh, that Cody Rhodes and Matt Cross three would be great. Um, I don't know, man. It's tough. I, I know that we talk, we we actually talked to uh, Pac for a while before he got signed with AEW, and that would have been a good get for us. I think uh, I think he would mesh well with like the uh, atmosphere and like what we're trying to do. So that would be, in my opinion, and there, there's a lot like a list of guys too where we almost had them and then it didn't work. I know we talked to Rey Mysterio. 
Um, shout out to Travis and his favorite wrestler Conan because we were going dealing with Conan during that. <laughs> yeah, Conan's his agent, so it's like your your email. Literally, Conan while in the process of trying to book Ray Mysterio puts over his podcast. <laughs> so, in <laughs> let me tell you a real quick story about about Conan's podcast. So, I, I'm on Twitter and like we've been giving Travis a shout out to Travis, our you know our missing third uh, commentary member, and we give him shit about Conan all the time. I don't even remember how it originated, but it's become this just you know internal joke. And randomly, out of the blue on Twitter, I get in my inbox a message from Conan. And it's like, hey, man, you going to check my podcast out? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Dude, so, like, sincere, like, we were buying Travis, like, like autograph picture. Like, he has, like, the same Conan picture autograph, like, three times. <laughs> it's, like, the same picture, just different like different copies of it. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, dude, you're not going to fucking believe who just messaged me. I was like, who? He goes, Conan. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So it's, it's funny you said that. But yeah. yeah, I don't even know if I told you. Yeah. But you like, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Randomly, I'm like, we're like negotiating stuff and like talking about stuff. He's like, oh, by the way, bro, have you checked out my podcast? I'm like, nah, man, I haven't, but I will, I guess. I never checked it out. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Conan. We also, uh, we also uh, fell short of beating him, did we? In the, in the, oh, or, or did we beat him? I think we were beating him for a little while. Okay. Okay, well, I'm tra- sure Travis was happy about that. So, um, when you're putting a card together, you know, how, how to walk us through the, the process of, like, kind of filling the card out and, like, who do you put against who, you know, like, walk us through the, the step-by-step of, you know, how you get this person, how you get that person, who do you, how do you come to the realization this person will work good with this person, and what happens when... You have, you know, the card subject to change sort of situations. That actually up. happened this show. So. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And I feel like it starts with a lot of bickering between me and Eddie. Because, like, we have the core guys that we know we're going to use. And then it's just a matter of filling in the blanks. And uh, sometimes he and I don't see eye to eye. So, like, he'll be like, oh, dude, we should do this. I'm like, no, Eddie, that's that's stupid. And I'll be like, we should do this. He's like, oh, dude, that's that's terrible. And then we both, and then we both, we both are like, yeah, you're right. And usually that's how it goes, like, because like right now we have a situation where for our upcoming show uh, we had Petty and Pink booked, which was Dylan McQueen and Kenzie Page. Uh, Kenzie was injured, and um, Dylan, I believe, it may be doing some stuff with AEW, so it kind of was out of the cards for both of them. Um, so it came to the conclusion, like, we immediately was just like plug and play. Where where can we plug this person in? So we already have that taken care of, but it, it was only a matter of like what a day yeah. the end. It was but, but that whole day we spent like pitching ideas yeah. back and forth and they all sucked and then every idea there. i had sucked every idea you had sucked they were all terrible but at the time when we sent the the idea we're like oh this is it this will work and it's like no but then when we finally it's like i don't know it's like it's just like a check mark you know it's like when you finally get it and the big thing for that too is usually what i do is i have uh on my, my notes, I have the layout of the, the card. We already have an idea of what spot each match is going to be on. Like, what's one, what's two, what's main? And we look at it, and we're like, okay, so we're going to move stuff around. And then, like, we're, we're trying to figure out, like, where could we put this match? Well, that would work perfect here. It's like that. So that's how we knew exactly what was going to be. But like Cody was saying, usually we have our core guys. So we already know, like, Matt is, like, our guy. So we know Matt already has a spot on the show. So we're going to build around that. So Davey Richards was available. Boom. So we already plugged that in. We got, we got that match. Plus that match is going to fucking rule. Absolutely. And then <clears throat> you have guys like our core guys, like Menace, or Menace isn't going anywhere. Menace is a staple of this area. He, he's 
one of the nicest dudes in the world, one of the, the better wrestlers. He's like you, Cody always calls him the Undertaker of the area because he doesn't age. He, he just, he, well, I mean, Undertaker is aged now, but like he's just, a, he's just a constant in East Tennessee. Uh, so it's the same thing. It's like, well, who do we have for him? It's like, oh, so we have JTG available. We never had that match. That match is going to be pretty good too. And, and we know that minutes, <clears throat> uh, can work. Uh, with big guys too. Like yeah. JTG's a pretty big dude, and we've had matches in the past where Menace has worked bigger guys like and Elgin, like which was Mike Elgin, phenomenal, right? So that was like our thought too, booking that match. So, so yeah, usually it starts going off like that, and then we're like, well, okay, we're, we always know we're gonna do eight matches, so we always know we're gonna have four intermission four. So how are we gonna book this? And then we already know, right? So we're Matt Menace. Uh, and then usually we'll have like, you know, Facade and, um, Danny Mo or like Facade and Jason Kincaid, who's fucking awesome as well. They're like, okay, that match is here. Okay. Now we're just going to plug and play. Who do we have available? Who's new? Like when we went for this show, I'm like, I go, went to Cody. I was like, we need a monster. Like we have nobody on this show. That's like a big fucking guy. That's just going to hoss battle the shit out of anybody. And Calvin Tankman popped in my head. I was like, this dude's doing big things with MLW. Um, he's, he's, I saw him work indie shows like back where I'm from in Indiana. I was like, this dude's awesome. <clears throat> this dude's awesome. So I, I would send it to Cody. I was like, dude, check this guy out. And I'm, I'm, he's seen stuff on him too. And then we watch these videos. And we're like, dude, this guy fits perfect for what we want. And immediately message him, which is weird, man, because like we've talked about too, like in the old days, how crazy it had to be to like try to book somebody and try to phone, get a, get them on the phone and then try to like, well, they're working this show. You're going to make connections here. Get, go ahead and get them this time. Now dude, go on Twitter. They have their email or you just DM them. And then you're like, yeah, I'm available. Boom. The world is so much more interconnected <laughs> yeah. now. When you're, when you're laying out your card uh, and you said you kind of plug, plug everybody in. Now, how do you uh, arrange your match order aside from like, you know, this is the main event and stuff? I mean, do you have like a, a match like, okay, this is going to get the crowd hot and then you have a come down match? Like kind of talk about like the the flow of your card. Yeah, it really is based on crowd response and what we think that the crowd will react to at certain times. And then, you know, like you said, I mean, you have intermission that you have to work around. So you have to think about coming back from intermission, like what's going to get gonna the, bring the crowd out. Yeah, who's going to like bring the crowd back into it? You always want to start hot. So it really, I think, a hundred percent comes down to, um, okay, how's the crowd going to react at this point? And like we just ran into this uh, just with the rearranging of the card recently, where you had we had two matches that were so similar back to back, and Eddie sent me the match order and uh i told him i was like no man we don't need to do these two matches back to back because they're so similar and um you know that that was just based on what how we thought the crowd would respond to the matches and and like perfect example like i was just talking about calvin tankman and we have him going against a mystery opponent um for the tankman challenge like we already know that calvin tankman's a big fucking dude and we already know, you know, worst case scenario, there's some boards that snap. So we're going to put that match right before intermission because, fuck, if it does happen, we have time to fix the ring instead of having to stall before another match. So it's like stuff like that always pops into our head, too. Whenever you have big guys like that, we always want to put them on right before intermission because in case that happens, which it did happen, I think, at our five show. We actually had a well, board. also Elgin and uh, Elgin and Elgin Menace, and yeah, and they, they fucking wrecked the ring just because they're big fucking dudes. So just an upkeep of, you know, all the equipment and stuff, you know, the ring and all that, like, 
what's the process of like, I mean, you have to tear down the ring and put it up every time. And uh, what's the wear and tear on a ring, uh, like, you know, on the schedule that you guys run? Well, fortunately, uh, we actually, over COVID, uh, I bought another ring, a second ring, which comes with obviously a whole new set of boards. But I think the biggest thing for us is those boards, like Eddie said. But I will say when I bought the ring, the, the original ring that we use, uh, it was a used ring, and the boards were used. They set out in the rain, and, uh, you know, occasionally we'll have them break. So I think that's the biggest thing for us. And then we go through canvases, like, every, what, three, three shows? Sh- about th- every three shows. Just because uh, between blood, <laughs> sweat, and staff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you'd like to avoid the... And, and that's my one of my big things is I, I was always really keen to the Lysol everything and then cody was really good about he'd bring like that uh that powder stuff that you can put on on like carpet and would use that to to vacuum up the canvas and that way you know it's killing a lot of that bacteria and stuff on there plus these guys are not rolling around something that smells like someone earl sturgill's armpits (laughs) well you brought brought up an excellent point in that you know we're we're starting to move into the world post-covid uh, you have an upcoming event uh what uh restrictions if any are going to be you know in place yeah, fortunately for us, um, the building that we're running in is pretty much leaving it in our hands as far as, uh, you know, uh, the attendance and masks, no masks, all that. I think we're far enough removed now to where things are lightening up, especially in this area. Uh, but one thing that we have ran into is uh, with the armory, the building we normally run in, is, um, you know, it's a government, technically a government building. So when we tried to rent the, the armory, you know, there they still have a lot of things implemented that pretty much make it uh, not feasible for us, uh, you know, as far as the cleaning of the building and all this stuff. Yep. Like they, they have to hire a company to come in and clean before the show and then come in and clean after the show. So by the time you pay X amount of money for all this, you're better off getting a building that's a nicer building overall in an area that it's a, it's a higher populated area. That's, you know, and, and when you when you break it down, like Newport is not a a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's not plentiful with money. It, it's not it's not it's more of a lower income area. And that's the best way of saying it. I mean, it's truth. And uh, that's why for the longest time we liked running in Newport, because we feel like we were giving these people something. It's an un, it's an un, underserved community. Absolutely. And uh, wrestling has been sort of embedded, you know, in sort of the culture of the South, you know, going back, you know, to the turn of the century. So NGW kind of filled a need that those people hadn't had probably since, you know, Smoky Mountain and the occasional APW or, you know, whatever semi-annual shows that we yeah. ran in the area. Well, to, to touch on that, too, not to, like, deep dive into this, but I know there towards the end, like, before COVID hit, Eddie and I were both kind of feeling underappreciated there because we do feel like we brought those people something special, uh, something really special, and it kind of seemed like there would just be little things. Like, I can't really specifically remember any of the things that really hit us. It's almost like, man, if you, if you have kids and... You had a shitty life, and and then you look at your kids, and you're like, I'm going to give these kids every single thing they want because I never had that. Well, when you do that, you raise spoiled brats. I mean, it's, it's the same, that's kind of the same thing that happened. We spoiled a lot of wrestling fans. 
I mean, I don't care if anyone gets mad. It's the truth. No, yeah, we yeah, spoil them. Sure. I mean, when you have, you know, this going on, then, you know, down the road, you got cousin, brother, uncle wrestling, cousin, brother, <laughs> sister for, you know, um, for and the both, right. Both a figurative and a literal sense. Sometimes. Yes. Yes. And it's like, you know, we're putting on this stuff here in Newport. Like, guys, like, we're doing this for you. It's not just like, it's not just for us. Like, because, you know, truth be told, we could run somewhere else where the building is a lot cheaper because to us, that building price gouges compared to some of the other places. And one of our biggest things, too, is they don't have air conditioning at that armory, man. And we know because we're in it all fucking day. That's hot. It's hot as balls there, man. You're in it. Basically, you're in an oven. That's yeah. What, it's what it feels like. Big hot metal building. And so, you know, going from that to when Cody found this building, you know, with Jackson Terminal, I was like, do they have air conditioning? He goes, yes. I'm like, sold. I don't fucking care. I'm like, I'm so happy. Like, because, <laughs> you know, we, we had to run shows at the D1 um, out in Hardin Valley in Knoxville as well. And it was even worse there, I think, than the armory. Like, you, you almost felt like you were going to pass out. And I felt for the fans. I felt for the wrestlers. Um, so this time around, you know, everyone's going to be comfortable. Um, once again, we're spoiling our fans. I mean, really. Um, but when it goes back to all that, that that's Cody has a, a, made a good point. Like, we've kind of spoiled a lot of these people. To, to that, but in sort of a different way, uh, one of the things I like about NGW is that you guys run less but better shows rather than doing a show every week or every month. Uh, I believe that absence sometimes can make the you know heart grow fonder. And how long has it been since uh, NGW has ran? Obviously, COVID. November 2019. November so, 17th, 2019. So how hot... Are the fans to get their teeth back into NGW? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, like Eddie posted on uh, our social media recently, this is the second highest pre-sale we've done ever. So, um, just that alone, like, speaks volumes, in my opinion. Um, and we've had, I mean, it, it, it seems like the response has been really well on social media. Um, I don't think we'll fully know until show day gets there. And we're in the building and we see the reaction. I feel like that's when it really hits you um, because you can sell tickets and all this. And then everyone shows up and sets on their hands, which we never had that problem. No. But I think it's just been so long for us, too, to where we've almost forgotten like that feeling, you know, like what it's like. So I think that's when it'll really hit us. You know, we've had a lot of people say that they've missed us. And like we talked, I mean, of course, you and me talked all all through COVID, uh, Brandon, but me and Cody, you know, we would talk sporadically because Cody's had a lot going on. He, he had just gotten married right before COVID happened. His wife works in the medical field. So she was, you know, working constantly the whole time. Well, let's give a round of applause yeah, for that. Absolutely. Congratulations. Thank you very much for your service. And, you know, we, we got into a situation where like, well, we, things are starting to line up a little bit because before we even, you know, we were going to run in March and we were going to run in Virginia. We were going to travel. And because we've had a lot of people want to reach out to us saying that let's do it. We had a pretty good pre-sale. Um, it was doing really well for a new area that we've never ran in before. Um, we were promoting really hard. And then literally two days, three days, less than a week, uh, we went on national lockdown. Yeah, it's got to be disheartening. But the silver lining in all this is that your fans have stayed with you through all this. Once you've got, you know, kind of things back up and running, um, uh, let's talk, you know, what's the, the show coming up? The, the, the relaunch of NGW. The Party Bowl. The Party Bowl. So do, do we want to touch on how we kind of got that name? Uh, I feel like it's deep-rooted, and but in a way it's like it just stumbled upon us. 
just like what we were talking about earlier about, you know, laying the card out and, like, booking talent, uh, when it comes to a show name, Eddie and I <laughs> bicker back and forth. He's like, oh, dude, we should call it this. I'm like, no, Eddie, that's stupid. And then vice versa. It's like, and and like I said, truth be told, most of the things we say or come up with until we actually hit it is stupid. Some people probably think the party bowl is stupid. Yeah. But uh, but the, at least it has some meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the origins of the party bowl go back to uh, Waffle House uh, in Newport. Um, we would, you know, I myself will always order a peanut butter waffle along with a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. All-star. All-star for this guy. So <laughs> we are not partakers of the party bowl. However, uh, you know, I, I can't remember particularly what, uh, what trip this was, but a lot of times it'll be myself, Matt Cross, Danny Moe, and Facade, and then there'll be some other people just depending on who all stays and all this. Matt Cross order, orders the hash brown bowl, but instead of calling it the hash brown bowl, he decides to call it the party bowl. Uh, this continues every time that we go to Waffle House until at one point the uh, people that work at the Waffle House in Newport now know what the party bowl is, and so you can order the party bowl, and it it's a thing. So that's kind of where it started. Now, how the show? Go ahead. See, so, yeah, so, like. We were we were trying to get like a name for the show because usually the name's the last thing we come up with, uh, other than like our staple show, like our August show, Uncivil War. It's kind of our go-to, um, and we were like, "What the fuck are we going to call this show?" And uh, I kept saying like, uh, "I want to say I was like uh, reclaiming reclaiming the crown." And I was like, "Dude, that's so wordsy. Like, how am I going to fit that on a poster?" Because uh, uh, to me, I was like, "We're reclaiming our crown as one of the top independent shows of, of you like cocky motherfucker." Well, I, <laughs> that's what the fans say about me. So, I mean, the whole time I'm putting Reclaim the Crown, and then Cody's like, I hate it. And then we're, like, going back and forth. And then his buddy, uh, Miles, that uh, he's been to a couple of our uh, – Cody's known him for years. They've been good friends. But I've met him, you know, handfuls of times. And we've been to the Party Bowl to get, or uh, Party Bowl, to Waffle House oh. together. That's what it's called now. It's not Waffle House. Uh, and then, you know, uh, we've been to cabin parties with, with uh, Miles and – Miles just said hashtag the party bowl about something, and we're like, Cody's like, that's fucking it. Well, I had made a post about the, you know, the the joke about how you and I, I was like, I was like, I said something about how you always give me shit for uh, making names for the uh, the show. I can't remember what my name for I the can't show remember. was. I but remember. I wanted I wanted to do like a WCW Mayhem theme, which is what we're doing for Uncivil War this year. So. I kept telling him that, and I made a post. I was like, Eddie always like talks down to me about like <laughs> make, making. He my always name. makes me look like I'm the dick, but like no one ever sees the other side of our messages for Cody's a cock to me. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, I made that post, and then Miles was just like in the comments was like the party bowl, and it kind of clicked with us that what we want this show to be is just one big party. And that's kind of the atmosphere that we give off anyway. So it, it just kind of worked. Yeah. And we always kind of do like almost parody of things. And like, so the party bowls, I mean, clearly if you look at the flyer, it's like, it, it's a ripoff of Waffle House. We've been waiting for that season to assist for, for months now. It's, it's maybe my favorite thing that you guys have done. Um, well, I think because I, I, I myself am a huge fan of the Waffle House and have spent, you know, a many a drunken night there uh, throughout my formidable days. So 
the aesthetic is uh, I, I see the parallels between professional wrestling and the Waffle House. My That's favorite right. thing about it too is when you'll get like a random person, you know, because we, you know, we of course with with Facebook when you promote, you know, this like they, Facebook will not let you promote something unless you pay them. And they're, Tell they're me about it. and they're assholes about it. So of course, when we you know we we boost a post and we get all these random people, they're like, "Oh, Waffle House, Waffle House." I'm always like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what Waffle House is." Well, and and about the aesthetic too is like uh, one of the things that I always consider because I make all the graphics and and stuff is uh, when we think of a name for the show, my mind automatically goes to what's going to be fun for me to design and for me to put out there, and people are going to like it. And so whenever Miles said the party bowl, I was like, oh, that's easy. Like, that's so easy. I could just do Waffle House stuff, Waffle House flyer, like all this stuff. And uh, so it's it, when I sat down to, like, do all this stuff, I'm not, like, bored and like, oh, another wrestling flyer. Like, I'm actually enjoying creating it. And uh, the response has been good for that, too, for the most part. A lot of people on uh, Twitter and stuff really put it over. Yeah. I, th- I think, too, um, that's something else that, Cody, that we always like to do because we do things on purpose to set us apart. So that way, if you see our show, show you know it's an NGW show. Um, there's a guy who makes fl- wrestling flyers for, like, everybody. His name's Will Trotter. He does great work. I'm not knocking the guy. But it's hard to differentiate your show when, you know, seven or eight shows within, like, a 100-mile radius use the same guy to make the flyers and he's clear they all look kind of the same one of my and eddie's uh, favorite things uh, in our group chat is to kind of throw back and forth bad wrestling flyers and um unfortunately this area is you know had quite a few but it's just across the board wrestling flyers going back you know to the 90s were just very stock and very boring and i like that you guys are putting thought and effort into the advertising element of of NGW and it just it doesn't feel stale. So when you can sell people on not only, you know, your product but also sort of like the aesthetic and the experience of it all, I think that's that's your you're endearing yourself to your fans. So I think that's really cool. I think too, man, that like uh people notice it and when it when it sets you apart uh like when they see that flyer, they know it's an NGW flyer. I think that's one of our our biggest positives is that we we do think outside the box. I think everyone else has kind of their set ways, um, and there, there's been way like certain matches we put together that are so outside the box. Everyone's like, "What the fuck?" and it works, and uh, it it always seems to be that way. And um, I just think more people need to kind of take risks, and we we've, we've been doing that for fucking years now. Let's look at, let's talk about the history of NGW. Um, how long has NGW been around now? A f- <laughs> If you break it down, I think what the first real NGW show happened in like 2011, like the shitty years. Yeah. And then you were a part of the shitty years. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I was. (laughs) And then, then, uh, of course, Skip owned the ring and then Cody purchased the ring. And then about 2014, I was actually living two doors over from you when this happened. Two doors down. Two doors down. That's shitty band. I know what it is. So we, uh, we, we started talking and we had this big group chat and basically one by one people started falling out of it and it basically just came down to me and Cody and um, we bounced ideas off each other and um, we kind of went at it like in a weird way where, you know, um, we weren't drawn well because Newport was shit, but everyone else was kind of drawn or uh, running shows around here. So there was nowhere to run. So we did Newport because we had familiar, we were familiar with that area just because we had been at shitty shows there um, and they, they never really drawed. I mean, there may have been like one or two shows that drawed okay. And 
we just started rolling. And of course we worked because we didn't have money. We didn't want to invest the money in something that wasn't going to bring money back. So we were working twice. He was wearing a hood. I was wearing a hood and we were working as ourselves. But it's funny because we ended up always end up working each other. It's just vice versa, like with, with the gimmick and without the gimmick. And then we'd flip flop and we, we almost gave it up uh, because we weren't drawn. And Cody was basically like, we're down to this show. Like, if we don't draw, man, he's like, there's just no point in doing this anymore. He's, it's just like, we're not making money. It's just, it's not feasible. It's, it's, it's senseless. And then out of nowhere, we drew like over a hundred fans. And for us, that was a lot at the time. I mean, and when we were drawing maybe 40, 50 people, yeah. you draw a hundred and 115 people. It looks huge in there because we're like, we haven't seen this many people here. Looking back now, it still wasn't anything crazy to brag home about, but well, for the amount of, for the, I, talent is a very loose term that I'm going to throw out here just because I don't have any way else to explain it. But for the uh, talent that we had on the card to draw what we drew on that show specifically. And I remember literally coming up to you, like you said, before the show and just being like, yeah, we're either going to have to stop or we're going to have to find somewhere else. Because the thing that we kept getting was everybody was like, yeah, it's really stupid for them to run in Newport. Newport dead. And then we started running on Sundays and everyone's like, no, no wrestling show runs. On. Why would you run on a Sunday? And then, like the first show we ran on a Sunday was when we started drawing. But the whole necessity out of running on Sundays was due to Cody uh, having to work so much that Sunday was basically his only day off. And then, of course, it's easier on us with talent because not many shows run on a Sunday. So when you break it down, so say Matt, Matt Cross is an example. We run a show on a Sunday. Well, he might already have a Friday and Saturday booked, but he has nothing going on on Sunday, so he's open. So it works out for us. It's, it's kind of genius, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. But the, when we did that, everyone bitched. They're like, "Why you're draw, you're you're trying to put wrestling on a Sunday? No one's going to come to that." Well, it's funny thinking back too because of how terrible the show was. Really bad. It was not good. But it's just funny to know that even looking back then, everyone around here could not leave our names out of their mouth. Like immediately, everyone was like talking about us, and and immediately we use the formula that we still use today. And that is just doing everything different than everyone else. And then it finally started to work. Like, it finally started to catch on. I, I think our biggest detriment is that we both, uh, we joke a lot. And you know that. I mean, we've been friends for years. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know that. So, we we're, we joke a lot. And we bust each other's balls just like you and me do, Brandon. But we, we have a great sense of humor. But we, we're very prideful in what we do. So, if you're going to badmouth us and talk shit about us, well, I take offense to that because we worked really fucking hard to do this. I, you know, I, I, I want to be let loose sometimes, but uh, out of respect for, you know, business and stuff, I, uh, I keep my mouth shut, but, uh, there, there's definitely, uh, people out there that, who are less, uh, positive about NGW for selfish reasons, uh, that I think the best thing you can do is, is to, is to not necessarily fight back to them. It's just shove your success in their face. And I think we've done that very well. And I think honestly, in the long run, that just pisses them off even more. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, uh, we we got to that point though, man. And we we started running those shows. And then uh, the first big show we did was on civil war. We had Matt cross. That was the first name that we brought in. And of course I liked, you know, backyard wrestling, the game and, Watch some of those videos because why not? And then we saw Matt Cross, who's kind of like the glowing star of all that. And then he went on to be, you know, in Wrestling Society X. Uh, he went on to be in Tough Enough. And then right after Tough Enough is about when I originally reached out to him. And I knew he was a good dude when he said, hey, man, you can book me. That's cool. I just need a place to stay. It could honestly just be on someone's couch. 
And I was like, oh, well, okay. And it was probably uh, from that point in time, you'll have to refresh my memory, but from that point in time and until we actually booked him, I'm not sure. Like it was a few much, years. It was a few years. Yep. And he's still... That same guy. After the few years, it's funny because that stuck with us. And he's still the same guy. And when I wrote him to book him for Uncivil War, it's basically the same thing. He's like, man, I can stay at your house, like save you money. And he still does. <laughs> and he still does, yeah, <laughs> to this day. So, I mean, that was kind of... But I, I don't remember what the building was like. I, I know we drew well, but we had been consistently drawing well for, I would say, six months to, at that and point. And that's when we, we were running shows every month. Uh, yeah. We would run shows every single month. And then um, it basically was starting to build, and we started bringing other names. Like I know you went with me. We went. To, Brandon went with me to uh, NXT in Nashville, and we saw Gargano and Ciampa work Blake uh, Blake and Murphy. Oh, and I, they fucking tore the house down. That's, that's the best match I've ever seen live. Sincerely, it, it was. It was. I was like, I, it blew me away. Which I was a fan of those guys anyway. Before then, I was like, holy shit, seeing them live like that. They can fucking work. And I remember messaging you. I'm like, dude. Like we got to get Johnny Wrestling, and then it turned out okay. We got Johnny Wrestling, then we got uh, Leo Rush, and we caught Leo Rush. You know, b- before he had a real big bang with Ring of Honor, and then you know we we hooked up with Abyss, um, and then you know, great guy, and then it just kind of started snowballing from there. And then Cody Rhodes got released, and once Cody got released, we're on that shit. We're on that shit, and he we made that list. And when he made that list, it made indies. The in, the indies were booming then. Yeah. I mean, this was twenty sixteen, I believe. Do you have to be twenty sixteen? And it was just like, holy shit! Like it's fucking, we're we're booming. We get a hold of them, we get them, and that's when we're like, we're off to the races. And of course, we're putting them against Matt Cross. I'll never forget this because Cody made a mock up of the flyer and had Cody Rhodes and Matt Cross. And Cody, I think it was Cody, was like, "Hey man, switch it." So it says, so it says Crossroads. Crossroads. That's it's genius. And then that's the first show where we were like, "Holy shit!" Like we stopped using a lot of our a lot of our guys that were not that great. Well, we couldn't. It was yeah. like it was almost like, you know. You're cheating the fan, the the wrestling fans that are coming because you're getting a different a different crowd now. It's not the local Newport people that have nothing to do on Sunday, so they're just coming down here to kill just, time. to kill time and to have fun. Now you're getting people that are driving from state to state, and they're actual wrestling fans that are smart marks for lack yeah, of a better term. They are, and you cannot put. A guy who shouldn't be in the ring in the first place. You can't put me and Cody on that card. No, yeah. There's no fucking sense. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't put Eddie on any card. I wouldn't either. No, I wouldn't yeah. either. I, but, man- I manage you, I know. <laughs> but but that was our thing is, you know, like, you know, you'll bump into a lot of shows where they would put them, they would insert themselves onto the card. I'm like, why? Like, you're, you're cheating your fans. Like, it's not fair to do that because they're, they're coming here to see the best talent possible. And I could never consciously be like, hey, I need to be on this card. I help book this show and help promote this show well, well just think about it like literally on that that same show right i could have put cody rhodes versus me and matt cross versus you yep. you know what i mean like we literally could have done that and that, that goes back to about us getting heat with people man we got so much fucking heat for putting cody rhodes versus matt cross and like it didn't make any sense they were like there were a lot of people i'm not singling anybody out because there was a lot not one show anything they were like why would they put and names were, versus names. Yeah, they would they would put out these like they would openly talk shit on Facebook, and I'm like, dude, like, talk to us, man. Like, don't don't be a like, don't be a cock about it. Like, just talk to us. And they would be like, I don't understand why they would book. They're not getting their value. You know, you got Cody Rhodes, and you put him in there with the local guy, or 
you put Matt Cross on there and people know who he is and he has name value, maybe you draw more. Yeah, and then the undercard with the local guy is still over. And that's exactly what happened. Right. I look at it this way. Going back to the territory days, um, just because a guy worked for a territory doesn't necessarily mean he grew up in that town. Yep. To me, Matt Cross, even though you know he's wrestling with NWA now and and you know works other other places, to me he's an NGW guy. So having him work, you know, someone else doesn't seem like it's even applicable. But I know people will you know throw these aspersions out just because you know it makes them feel better about their product, which may or may not be up to snuff. Well, like we we made the idea. I'm like, okay, like Cody said, would Cody Rhodes. Versus Cody Ford draw fans from Chicago? No. Because that fucking happened. We drew fans from Chicago. And also, from a promoting standpoint, okay, you're looking at social media followers. I probably have 700 people that follow me on Instagram. I probably have about 1,000 friends on Facebook. And on Twitter, it's probably a lot less than that. So, I put out a poster with me and Cody Rhodes. You know, 100, 200 people are going to see it. Whatever. Matt Cross has probably like... I don't know. Thousands and thousands. 50,000 50, 50, followers on Instagram. And, you know, so now you have two guys that have thousands of followers sharing, your sharing poster. the poster instead of one. You know, you're getting. I don't know if that makes it. Yeah, you know. yeah it makes sense. You're reaching a higher audience. Yeah. I mean, Matt Cross has 54,000 followers on Instagram. That's just Instagram. And he posts a flyer. That's 54,000 people who wouldn't have seen it if it was Cody versus Cody Rhodes. Yeah. So, I mean, like to us, like. That kind of shit just seems obvious to us, but we that's where we start to run into the problem was, why wasn't anybody else seeing that? The thing that I that I think they may be missing this is that, yeah, you're, you have, you're putting these names in the main event, but you still have those guys, you know, you're building them up, you know, in the undercard. Um, talk about some of the guys that have, you know, risen to the occasion. Um, I know one of them was a, is a former champion. You want to? I, I, I'm assuming he's talking about Sean Hoodrich. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm trying to stitch you up. I mean, come on. So, 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 like, Sean Hoodrich, we'll, we'll use him as an example. Hoodrich was wrestling for us when we were shit. Um, we put Hoodrich in there with uh, Leo Rush. Uh, he was he was tag champions before that. But he we put him in there with Leo Rush, and he was consistently one of the best workers on our show. And he would always say, oh, I have your back. I have you today, even today, I have your back. You guys are like brothers. And, he, and he's like, I appreciate you guys. So we we started that slow build with Hoodrich. Uh, we started working with, you know, with James Storm. And then um, his kids are in the crowd. So he's, their kids are always saying like, go, daddy, go to the point where the crowd picked they, it up. Like they get behind that. Go, daddy, go, go. And it, it, it's wild. So it was one of the first instance, instances where we took this guy and because he's on that undercard, elevated him up to be a main event guy for us. Right. Yeah. And now it makes sense to put him in there. Like, you know, for the, for those six months that I was talking about, he's in there with guys like Lenny or, you know, any of our other local guys that he could, you know, have a decent match with. But now he's on the undercard of Cody Rhodes versus Matt Cross uh, versus James Storm. So then from there on, it's like, like you said, it just kind of, it kind of elevates him and and it uh, it makes it more believable when he you know continues to rise like you said rise and, to the occasion and then boom you put him in there with crimson and the crowd i mean 
I like Crimson personally. He's a nice guy. Tennessee boy. Yeah. And he, you know, he uh, does tried and true wrestling. I don't know if they've been running. Really. NWA. Yeah. And, but when you look at Crimson, he looks like a heel. He looks like he'd be like a prick, like a douche. I mean, that's just by his look. You know what I mean? So the crowd immediately gravitated to our local dude because a lot of those people were locals. Well, other people that may never have been there before, like, oh, this guy must be pretty good if they're all chanting for him. So then they get behind him. And they start cheering for him, and that just elevates him. Same thing, you know, with with Lenny. I know, like I said, it, it's almost taboo to mention Joey Ryan anymore, um, but he's a part of our past. And uh, uh, Brandon knows I, I'm a, I'm a big person. Where I don't cancel our past because of something that happened. We we learn from our mistakes and move forward. But Joey Ryan elevated Lenny and and Darian Nicole Nicole Stratton to be bigger, and they had they had a huge following because of NGW, and. Um, you know, that's just another instance where you use not so much a main eventer like Cody Rhodes, but you use that as your draw. And then you had like you have your under your undercard guys. It does, they're getting over. It doesn't matter how how good a show you put on if nobody sees it. Yep. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with putting, you know, eyes on your product by putting guys at the top that are guaranteed or or more likely to garner you an audience. And then what you do in the you know, the undercard to build to that next show or, you know, the next phase of NGW, I think that's all gold. So I commend you guys on, you know, you're doing a good job. Yeah, and that's, that's Thumbs up, buddy. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. Like, right after Crossroads, Cody was – I'll never forget we had this talk, and he's like, dude, I, was like, I think we're going to have to stop using a lot of our locals, and we, we're going to have to start booking in a totally different way. And at the at first, I was kind of, like, apprehensive about it. I was like, man, like, they've been there since the beginning. He goes, I know that, man. He's like, but – you know, is this person going to draw? Or if we pull this person in, we pay a little bit more money, they draw, and we make way more money. I was like, well, I'm afraid it's a, bit of, it's a fucking business at that point, you know? You got, you got to make sense. So, so after that, you know, kind of that rolled out, we, Cody came up with the idea, instead of doing monthly shows, that we start doing, you know, kind of bi-monthly shows. And um, it, it's worked out very well for us. It's kind of like baking a pie, like when you think about it. You know, it's like, okay... You got this apple pie, you got the, the crust and like the filling and all this stuff and say it calls for sugar, right? So you take the sugar out and you say, well, everything else is perfect and good. We're just going to put salt in it because I don't have any sugar and we're just going to, you know, bake it with the salt instead. So it, it's not going to come out the same, you know what I mean? And that's the way we felt about the show at the time or that's the way I felt and that's what I was trying to convince yeah. you of was that, you know, we could... You could do Cody Rhodes versus Matt Cross every show as a main event. It'd be a great match. But if these undercard matches aren't sellable or marketable, then the product as a whole will reflect of that. And so that was our thought moving forward. And I think we're still kind of like it's still to this day. We like feel like we have to trim the fat occasionally, you know? Yeah. So walk on eggshells, Marks. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. How do you how do you guys separate uh, sort of the the friendship and the business elements of NGW both enter between you guys and uh, how you deal with talent? Because I, I know you've become friends with some of the guys you know I over think, the years. I think the way we look at booking is one: are they worth the money we're paying for them? And two: are they a prick? Because if you're, I mean, and it's the Sanjay. Ch- nah, that's all. That's all redeemed, Sanjay. We love you. Um, you were a dick to me, so fuck you, Sanjay. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think 
you know, we've ran into situations where we've had workers that are assholes. And uh, we always say Matt Cross spoiled us because he's such a great guy. And that was our first name that he's kind of the standard barrier with that. So if you're in the back and you're a fucking dickhead or you're on social media being a fucking cock, we're not going to book you. Like, why would we book you when we know, you know, 10 other guys who are just as good as you in the ring, but have a better attitude? So that's when we, we always look at people that we've booked in the past. There's a worker that comes to my mind. I'm not going to mention who it is, but we were like, fuck, fuck him. Like, he wants to act like that. Well, we just won't book you anymore. So, I mean, that's how I kind of look at it. Cody's a little bit different because, I mean, everyone knows. I mean, it's it's really, it's Cody. NGW is Cody's business. I'm just here to help help. So, that's more so on you when you would say, is it easy for you to kind of separate business and friendship with NGW? Uh, it's tough, man, because, like, for me, I, I try to I see myself as a decently nice guy and like you like you said you do uh start to become friends with these guys and it's tough when sometimes like i find myself wondering like is this guy being friendly with me because he wants a spot or like he wants to keep his spot like is he like like you know Hoodrich, for instance like you said from day one he's always been like hey man you guys are my brothers like all this stuff when people say stuff like that to you you know i mean it it feels nice. It's like, oh, this guy is a cool guy. Like, I'm his, you know, I'm his friend. And we see a lot of these guys as friends. And, uh, like, for instance, you know, we'll just name drop, like, Southern Bad Boys. They've been there from the beginning, you know, and we, you know, they've helped us. Uh, they've helped us set up the ring. Yeah. I mean, like. They've been staples you know, for us. They, they've been and uh, when we're looking at this card for this show, it's like, man, there's just no spot. Like, there's. Perfect example of that is. Uh, uh, Joey and Matt Lynch, I, yeah. I, great tag team. We just don't have the room for them right now. The, twi- and, the twins, yeah, the Tate twins, same thing. Like we like all these guys, and I personally like Matt and Joey Lynch. I like you know all uh, the dudes. We all just everyone, everyone. everyone. I like those guys. But then, but at the same time, we're like, well, we can't keep booking the same people over and over again because you're not you're going to run out of matches. And like you were saying, Brandon earlier, that uh, absence makes makes the heart grow fonder. I, I think back in the territory days, when you would have you bring your guys in, you'd have them, you know, work a six month or a year program, and then they'd go away for two years, and then when they came back, they felt fresh. Yep. So when you can have these people not be on every show, and then when you know, especially if they're up to snuff and they're they're good in the ring, when they come back, it's almost like you're giving you know your audience a present, like yeah. here. I don't know what the Spoiled the brats. Lynch mob is going by now. I think there's some of the Lynch brothers. Lynch brothers. So, yeah. you know, when they come back, like, oh, cool. I haven't seen them in a while. It's going to be, you know, it'll mean more. And we've had that in the past, too. Yeah. Like, we've, we've definitely had that in the past. But um, I, I agree with that point, and I think that works really well. And just because we don't use someone for a show or two doesn't mean we're, we don't have intentions on bringing them back. It's not like it's a, like an ego thing either. It's like we fucking hate this guy. I mean, there's some situations like I was saying earlier about that guy where he, you know, he's just kind of an asshole. Like, well, dude, if you're gonna be an asshole, we won't book you. Like, there's no sense in that. And, and we don't forget shit either. <laughs> and people don't like, forget. We don't. We don't forget shit from early NGW days. Like, as far as like interaction with guys, and, and and literally like there's guys now. It's so funny to like watch our inbox. With these guys that like back then wouldn't give us the time of day, and now they're like literally begging to get on the show. And I think a lot of that stopped because I think they realized that we don't, we're not going to bite on it. That's got to be kind of satisfying. It is. It is. It is because I mean, a lot of people talk shit about us when we started. Uh, I mean, and it's like, uh, like it's almost like they were just saying shit to say shit, you know? And like 
But if you meet us, we're good dudes. Like we're not we're not pieces of shit. Like we're, we're, you know, I might joke around and be a piece of shit, but like we're good dudes. Like I, if you're respectful to me, like I'm gonna be respectful to you. And like Cody said, like, we don't forget shit. Like there's a lot of people who would post stuff on social media, and I still, I mean, I, I guarantee you, in some of our group messages, like our message with ourselves, I have those pictures still because I don't remember, I don't forget that shit. And I was like, what makes me think, you know, if this person's gonna say this here, as soon as something else happens, what else are they gonna say? And that's what they say, like, online. What do they say behind our fucking backs? Yeah, I'm sure it's it's probably, you know, much, much worse. But I, it's cool that you guys take the high road. And Sometimes. Says, and, well, <laughs> when, when it best suits you, both business and in personal situations. But I think that the success of NGW is, is the cornerstone. It, you know, kind of shows that, like, what they're saying is obviously bullshit. Um, before we move into, like, uh, kind of breaking down our match card for... The party bowl. Um, I'd like real quick. Uh, maybe you gotta tell like what's if you had to sum up like your favorite NGW moment. Like what what is your defining crown and crowning achievement? Rec- what is your reclaiming the, cl- the crown, crown moment? <laughs> Dear God, I'm gonna let you take this one Man, first. I, mean, uh, I, I can't just boil it down to one moment. Like I, I break. Well, it down. I'm asking you to, so you're gonna have to. <laughs> oh, no, I break it down. I I think I'll break it down to. I'll have to. I'll have to make it two, man. I can't just do one. And there actually show one show that happens one after another. The first show would be uh, our on fire show. The first show that was main evented by Shane Strickland and Rich Swan. Is that the one where Jeff Jarrett? Yes, and Jeff. Jeff was there, um, and it was fucking hot as balls that night. I mean, it was it was so hot in that armory, and we didn't know it, but it was piss pouring raining, and the fans were just standing in the fucking rain. Oh. They did not get out of line. And as soon as we realized it was raining, we moved the line inside. So it was already hot. People were wet. But people stayed hot, the like, crowd-wise, you know, motion-wise, hot the entire night. And then we had, you know, that crazy-ass four-team, uh, four like, fucking fuckery match um, with uh, the, the Lynch Mob, the Tate Twins, uh, uh, Mickey Midas, and um, Myron. Myron Reed. And then we surprised everybody with AJ Gray and Sue Young. And they went out there and just fucking tore it up. And after the match was over, they, they had a standing ovation. And the crowd was saying, follow that, follow that. And then Rich Swan and Shane Strickland went out there and just fucking murdered it. And the crowd was like, you know, like, holy shit. They were, like, they were chanting like five stars. like and like, That's incredible. It's, it's, it's awesome. And then, you know, Shane Strickland gets on the mic, says, hey, did we follow that? And it was like it's almost like it was a badge of a badge of honor that they did that. And then right after that, the very next show, I believe it was right after that, was uh was uncivil war and we we teamed up with impact and we had people watching us on twitch from like india man like 40 like it was the, it was the highest stream count they've ever had uh for their twitch shows that they did uh and it to us that's the probably the biggest crowd that we've drunk we we've drew so to me that's like our badge of honor that's our that's us reclaiming the crown um and there's tons of other little ones but those two are the ones that stick out the most to me so I, I don't want to be like super vanilla, but I'm going to add one and I'm going to elaborate on the two that Eddie spoke on because I would probably say the same thing. The Impact Show, and I know you said what you said about Sanjay earlier, but he had to go home. He had to fly home before the show was over. So if anyone watches that show back, you'll realize that on uh, Matt Cross and um, Sammy Callahan, the only person on commentary is Josh Matthews because Sanjay left. So Sanjay comes to get me before he has to leave and he pulls me aside and he says, dude, this is the best one of these that we've done. So, you know, he's a producer there and to hear him say that 
And they've done those, you know, at that point, what, for a, a couple years, I I'd guess. Say, I'd say for at least about a, probably a year and a half, two years to, early at the least. Yeah, yeah. So to hear him say that, like, that was the icing on the cake for me because it's like for me to be in a private setting with him and for him to get nothing out of telling me that, um, that meant a lot to me. And so just having that opportunity and it going as well as it did. And then on the uh, the On Fire show, like Eddie said, um, you know, Strickland gets on the mic after the match. The match was killer. The whole show is killer. And uh, Strickland, you know, says the thing about was that did we follow that and everything. But then after that, he goes on to uh, tell Rich that, you know, he's his brother. He loves him. He thanks him for basically helping create Shane Strickland to be who he is. And there were people crying in the crowd. And Rich Swan is crying. Yeah, yeah. If you watch it back, he's he's bawling like uncontrollably. And so to know what he had just went through, and to know that you know we worked so hard to get him, like he retired. He flat out said he's not wrestling anymore. Shane, I think Shane goaded him out of retiring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kept I I emailed Rich Swan probably four times, no response. Told. Shane Strickland, please, if you see him, because I know they live close in Orlando. I was like, please, if you see him, talk to him and get him to come work NGW, because I know if he comes here and works NGW. And we we knew we were, we'd catch heat from it. We're like, you know what? This is so fresh that people are probably going to, you know, be not so happy about us, you know, booking Rich. And, and it wasn't too bad. No, we didn't but, catch much. But e- either way, we were willing to take that risk and for it to all build up to that moment and then to see Rich like literally shed tears and be emotional because of something that I felt like we had a hand in. Like that was real. That's like the real part of wrestling that happened that, um, no one can ever take away. Like it, so that, that's like, it, it makes me think of moments like that. Make me think of like the times when it was just like you and me setting the ring up and nobody else showed up. Right. And it made it all fucking worth it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, and like one small other nugget that I'll add is that, uh, Something I really enjoy is when something like that happens and I'm on one side of the curtain and Eddie's down here on the other side and we're both peering out of the curtain and we make something eye contact. Good, something good happens and we stop and we just look down at each other and we're like, fuck yeah. Yeah, man. like electricity between your boners. It, dude, it's oh definitely lightsabers. Dude, there, there's been moments where that's happened and I looked at Cody and I was like, I was like, dude, holy fuck. I'm like, that fucking killed. Like, we nailed it. That's exactly what we fucking wanted to happen. Nailed it. Yep. Nailed it. And, uh, I, another thing, I mean, before we kind of go into the party bowl, uh, another thing we don't put over enough, I feel like we do, but even so, High Spots, man. High Spots Wrestling Network is really where we kind of got our stride. Uh, they reached out to us first. Seth is the fucking man at High Spots. Um, I love that guy. Uh, he has gone to bat for us so many times and put us over so many times. Um I'll always be grateful because High Spots reached out to us. We didn't reach out to them. Um, when we first started doing uh, the first round two show we did with Cody Rhodes and uh, Matt Cross 2, uh, they reached out to us and said, hey, do you have anybody filming your show? Would you like us to come film it? And it became a pretty good bond because, you know, guys like Caleb Conley work for High Spots. Caleb Conley makes all their gear. On high spots like on highspots.com. Really? I, I he makes all their gear. Wow, that's um, incredible. And then, you know, uh, I know he just not, he's not really working for them anymore, but um, Jake Manning. NWA. Yeah, they do stuff with NWA as well. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good guys that work for high spots. And, um, well, so I was speaking specifically about Caleb Collins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, with, with high spots, it helped us grow so much that, you know, Cody, like he was putting on social media to like, 
uh, yesterday, we've sold three random DVDs from shows that we've done like three years ago. Like in to, the past two, two, three weeks to like places like random fucking places like Pittsburgh and uh, Chicago. I think there's one in like Oregon. Kentucky. Yeah, there's like Oregon or some shit like in Oregon. So a little far, like California. We we have we've sold stuff to California as well. And I know I've told this story a thousand times. But like the one dude in Pennsylvania literally bought the same DVD. He bought the DVD. I shipped it to him. He watched it. He tweeted about how great it was. Immediately bought the DVD again. And so I'm like, I tweet him. I'm like, hey dude, uh, I think you made a mistake just now. And then he tweets back, and he's like, "No, nah, man, I have to have a backup copy of this DVD." Wow, that's yeah. incredible. That's yeah, bad. Yeah. That's we, when you we, we made it. It was King's Ransom, and you were at that show. I was at that show, and that's actually my favorite memory. We need to get you a copy of that DVD. Yeah, I tried to buy one, and Cody's like, "I can't take no credit card payment." Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> my Bro. digital currency not good enough for you, you fucking boomer. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> getting, me getting to see an NWA title match was was magical, um, and I'm so, I was so glad that it was it was Matt getting that, and, and that entire show was awesome. I mean, you had the Ultimo Dragon in in the fucking main event, uh, and, but, magic, and like I know we're putting over high spots, Seth, and all that, and uh, Cody. We've mentioned too, Cody was constantly getting a check from high spots all throughout the pandemic. Because people were still streaming and renting our shit. So being with high spots has been a valuable asset to us from growing to getting more eyes on the product and making money off that. Well, then, too, it kind of goes back to our formula because it's like if it was me and Eddie fucking slamming each other on thumbtacks for six matches in a row, nobody during the pandemic would watch that shit on high spots. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, you, yeah. Say, you say that, but then <laughs> I, I'll, I'll I'll bite my tongue. Just continue. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I I just feel like the formula, it all like it's like a puzzle, and it's all like coming together really smoothly. I I think the best way to say it is like you were saying, it's like a puzzle. And instead, that's what I just said. I know. I know. I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. But what I'm saying is like the people that are putting the puzzle together, it's you and me, and not every other show has a you and me. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things is, you know, I mean, even when you go to a higher up, you know, level with WWE, there's a Vince McMahon. He's the top dog. And if he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like what, you know, if you're Vince McMahon and you don't like what I'm telling you, you're going to say, fuck you. It's my show. I'm doing this yeah, instead yeah. of being a voice of reason and listening to it. So I think, like you say, being with like a puzzle where it's two guys putting a puzzle to get together and, and it works. And kind of circling back to what we talked about earlier, I know it's getting long winded, but like. I talked about how, like, the show names, the match card, everything, me and him argue about. And it's not, like, necessarily an argument, but we just bounce ideas off of each other. Like, dude, that's but, fucking but, stupid. But the, th- but the thing is, is even though we tell each other our ideas are stupid, if it's not stupid, like, one of us will be like, oh, dude, that's actually a really good idea. Like, like literally yesterday, the, the idea for that promo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, right. it's, it's like money. You yeah, know? yeah. So, so it's just like, it's, it's, I completely agree. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know the point. I guess the point I was trying to make is like what you said, where it's both of us and we're not too stubborn to the fact that, you know, I don't know everything and I'm not, you know, going to always make the correct decision uh, as far as booking or promoting or whatever. But when there's two of us and we can use each other's ideas and, and minds and we're both good at different things, it just comes together and works really well. I'm not on blow Cody. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> not, not that he would admit it. Anyway. That's true. So the party bowl, let's, let's run down our match card and uh, let the fans know out there in podcast land, uh, where tickets available and 
how they can get to see this. Uh, you, you got it. You pulling it up? Or what? Oh, go I was going to let you talk about the tickets. And stuff oh and man, shit. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll tell them about the tickets after we put it over. Oh, well, of course. You know, we'll kind of go back and forth. So I'll read one, you read one. So if you want to start. I'm glad you decided where that's how we're going to do it. I was just going to let you read the whole <laughs> I'll thing. Fuck, I'll do it then. Fuck it. So, so of course, guys, the Party Bowl. Um, the we Right now, we have eight matches announced. Like you said, that's kind of our go-to. But uh, Rich Swan returns to defend the NGW Championship against uh, Shane Andrews. Uh, Shane Andrews actually uh, challenged for the title at our last show uh, in November of 2019 uh, to lay the challenge out. And um, it was actually going to happen at Excellent Adventure in, um, in Virginia. Rich broke his leg, and then the pandemic happened. So, it all kind of worked out and it, it's taken you know this long to get rolling but we have that match set in stone and uh thank thank the lord that jack tunney didn't strip yeah uh, we, we, we actually talked about that we didn't know what our plans were going to be with rich getting hurt um and then luckily the pandemic saved rich title reign <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, does this make him the longest reigning ngw champion i think it does wow that's so, wild. There's a little fun fact for for the pod. Uh, the second match we're going to announce, like we talked about it earlier, but Matt Cross versus Davey Richards. Kind of talk about real quick how that match kind of came about, Cody. Well, I, I think you know a little bit more about the Davey Richards situation because I think you actually handled uh, talking to him back prior. Um, but we definitely had him booked a few times, or at least once that I know of that we had him locked in for a date and he got injured. Is that... Yeah, right. yeah. So he uh, he was going to actually be a surprise on our uh, one of our Halloween shows. Uh, I want to say it was the year that we um, Rich Swan took on Matt Cross. So I think that was 2018. Um, and before that happened, um, we already had a graphic made, everything. And then right after we were going to confirm him, he actually put out a tweet that he fucked his knee really bad and had to have. I can't remember if he had surgery. I, I think he may have. But um, shortly after that, he was like. You know, he was starting to get better. He goes, hey, he goes, you know, if I've ever, you know, if I missed a booking, let me know and I'll gladly make that booking up to you guys. And uh, he reached out to us and then the pandemic happened. Um, and then fast forward, we start announcing the show and we already have an idea kind of who we're going to book, what match is going to be. Um and he starts liking all of our shit on Twitter. Immediately. Like, like we'll make a like post. A, yeah. Immediately. So we're like, you know, I think Davey wants a booking. And I think Davey would add a huge element to this show. And um, we reached out to him and financials. Everything was good. And um, we're really hyped to have him, man. I mean, and then going back, we didn't even realize that he w was in a feud with fucking Matt Cross in Ring of Honor. They had two rival groups. And we didn't know that. It was like 07. So it, it kind of comes full circle once again with that. Um, next match, too. I mean, of course, we were talking about Menace being kind of the undertaker of this area. Just these kind of been the constant. Uh, taking on JTG, man. Talk about JTG, Cody. He's a hoss. Motherfucker's in shape. Yeah, yeah. We uh, Well, Eddie and I were both talking about how it's almost like he leveled up in a way. I'm not sure if he feels like he has something to prove or if he just is carrying around the, uh, you know, not to get too sad or whatever, but like, you know, you lose a friend or whatever, and it, it seems like it can motivate you or you could you could use that for whatever, you know. And We were both a little kind of concerned that maybe JTG would hang it up. And, after, uh, after the passing of shit. After, yeah, uh, rest in peace, uh, died a hero. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but we're excited to have JTG back. And like you said, he's like in tremendous shape. I think he just worked NWA. He did. Um, yeah. And everyone was raving about that from what I saw on Twitter. Um, I haven't seen the match, but our, yeah, for the longest time, I never realized that JTG stood for Jay the God. And I think that is a nice little tidbit to have. So that's why if you ever see anything on our social medias, I put hashtag Jay the God just so everyone else finally realizes what JTG stands for. 
breaking kayfabe. <laughs> break, break my legs, Holly Reese. <laughs> Got your gun. Uh, the next match is a mixed tag match. Of course, it's the Neon Blondes with Facade and Danny Moe. Uh, this is Danny's first official match with NGW. She's been out there, you know, for years as a uh, Facade's manager, and this is the first match where we're going to see her live. We were actually supposed to see her at the Virginia show as well. And of course, with that show being canceled, we didn't have that match, uh, but they're taking on the international superstars of Blanco Loco and dream girl, Ellie. Uh, they have a lot of buzz locally, uh, where a lot of people were like fan wise, like we want to see them on the show. Um, dream girl, Ellie has been working uh, a lot of OVW and, uh, Blanco Loco has been working all over the place, working for, you know, NX doing stuff with NXT, doing stuff with AEW, um, doing stuff with WWE. So, I mean, he has a lot of experience. So I'm really excited to get them to debut with NGW and kind of see, um, what they bring to the table because it's someone new. Definitely like what we're talking. We want to keep it fresh and interesting. Uh, next match was a, is a huge match. It's the party bowl scramble. Um, yeah, that's, that's immediately what Cody wanted to call it too. Or like, it just, it works. But the cool thing about this match is it's, it's elimination style and the, the winner will receive a championship opportunity at Uncivil War, uh, August 28th, uh, in Knoxville. So we have, uh, of course, Caleb Conley, who has ties to NWA. So of course, Brandon loves Anything I, mean, I, I liked him before he came to the NWA. I'd seen him wrestle at NWA. Well, the thing, with Caleb, the thing with Caleb is super underrated. He's, he's one hell of a hand. Um, good looking dude. He has the, he has the full package to kind of excel in professional wrestling. Well, what all do you know about his package? I, I never stared directly at it. Fair enough. <laughs> Only indirectly? Indirectly. Oh, shit! <laughs> uh, this dick's in my peripheral. <laughs> oh, my God! Uh, of course, uh, you know, then we have, you know, Trey Miguel, or Trey, excuse me, not Trey Miguel, Trey Lamar. Sorry, we talked to Trey Miguel quite a bit on social medias. Um, speaking of the whole chicken sandwich thing, still funny. Yeah. We'll get to that. But Trey Lamar, uh, Trey Lamar is kind of, we got a lot of heat, at least Cody did, and I kind of soaked the rest of it up because that's how it works. Um, where Trey Lamar, Cody claimed him as our dude, to use in this area, which uh, that lasted, you know, oh, not long. Five minutes. Yeah. So Trey Lamar, yeah, he's working all over the place, working, uh, doing stuff with GCW. And uh, Trey, Trey's the future of wrestling. I really believe that. Uh, of course, you know, our, our home, basically like our homegrown talent, Sean Hooderich, former NGW champion, uh, trying to get another opportunity at the title belt, uh, trying to win this match. And uh, the wild card in all of this is Caden Sade. Caden is a former NGW tag champion with Mike Cobb, and uh, we see something special with Caden. Yeah, he's always been a pleasure to have on the show, and uh, also, uh, you know, he can go too, and I'm excited to see what he can do just as a, uh, a singles guy on his own, um, and I think he can hang in there with all three of those guys and make that match pretty... Uh, Interesting. Interesting. Well, yeah. Just sure. as long as you're a Sean and not a Marty. I'll up, everybody. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. You call Mike Cobb the Marty. Oh, my. <laughs> Mike Cobb, baby. I didn't say it. as long as you are. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Shirt's too tight, Billy. Um, the uh, next match, of course, we have a three way uh, featuring uh, Sugar Duncan, aka Sug D, aka Pineapple P, aka our bestie. <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. Uh, taking on uh, War horse who rules ass um 
big fan of War Horse. Uh, it definitely has a, a fun gimmick. Uh, I think the crowd's going to eat it up. And then the surprising uh, Levi Everett, who has gotten... When we were announcing names, Levi Everett, I think, actually had some of the most buzz of names. I was going to say, I really honestly think he's gotten over as well as anyone else we've announced for this show. Yeah, we've never used him once. But an Amish gimmick is always difficult to do, and he's been pulling it off, so I'm really excited. And, and as somebody who works in the tourism industry, I am inundated with Mennonites all the time. <laughs> they... they they're they're either very popular for a few minutes or, or they're heat magnets. So you got you got something to work with there either way. Uh, we have the Tankman Challenge. Of course, Calvin Tankman is issuing the challenge in his NGW debut. Who's going to answer it, Cody? I'm not going to tell you, but I already know. I already know. So I'm excited, guys. You guys are going to really enjoy that match. Assholes. <laughs> and of course, you know, the match that we did have planned was Petty and Pink versus Kenji Bray and uh, versus and, and Sue Young in a tag match. Um, but Petty and Pink is not going to be uh, able to compete. So as of right now, we haven't announced the graphic for this, uh, but it's going to be a mystery team taking on uh, Ken and Sue Young. So that's the card, guys. Eight, eight awesome matches. Uh, a title match, a uh, number one contender, uh, contendership, you know, to be challenged in that four way. Uh, but June 27th, by the time we release this, guys, it'll be about a week before show day. Um, so, you know, be sure to get your tickets. Tell, tell them where we, get, we can get tickets. From. Yeah, man. Nextgentn.net. And if you go on there, we do actually accept debit and credit. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you want to pick up some tickets, you do, you, you do now. You didn't at the time. And this was at a convention. And I'm like, here's my legal tender. Take oh, it. I forgot we were all at Bubba Fest. I totally forgot about that. Oh, man. That was a good, that was a fun time though. Red Heart took my money. You too good for my money. <laughs> so, 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 like, shit. <laughs> Four out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Brandon's just gonna edit this to where we're like, just I'm editing. So fuck that. I'll keep it. I'll keep it all. I'm just saying, we're just gonna get heat with everybody. Yeah. Now. Fuck them all. I don't care. But yeah, guys. Uh, I mean, right now, I mean, you can always purchase uh, NGW merch from uh, NextGenTN.net. Um, follow. I mean, we have. Twitter, uh, Facebook, sweet merch and, at the at the show as well. We exclusive merch. Also, uh, talk about the fucking replica championship belts. Man. Yeah, man. So we're gonna have a couple replica NGW championship belts at the show available to buy, um, and then I think we're gonna open up um, for maybe some pre-orders if anyone is interested in, uh, you know, more than. I'm anticipating selling out because yeah, we, we bought a very, we got made bought. We had a very limited amounts made. I'm talking single digits here. Um, and, uh, we haven't mentioned the price yet just cause we don't, we're not sure what we're going to do about that. Um, but of course we were saying that they're going to come with an autograph from current NGW champion, Rich Swan. Um, I really think this is something cool when you mentioned it to me that I've never seen done. Yeah. It's an absolute first. I've never known a, indie promotion to do anything like this so that's that's really cool and uh i know you uh, we've seen updates on that i've also showed brandon the updates on them and how how accurate and awesome they look compared to our actual title belt so i'm really excited for that uh, like you said we're gonna have event exclusive t-shirts there i know we've already sold some to the uh some t-shirts like kind of all over the place too with that yeah yeah um but we're proud of this man our pre-sale you know to to be you know our show back we've sold very well and it's the second biggest pre-sale we've ever had we're pushing hard to try to make it the number one and yeah, uh it's creeping and right now yeah every day cody's like three more bought 
two more bought. And then there's like one more bought. I'm like, well, that lonely bastard, there's only one person. <laughs> and then, uh, but you know, it, it's, we're, we're thankful, man. Like, uh, we we saw a lot of shows start well to us. I felt like it was way too early for shows to be out with the poten- potential of getting someone sick. We saw workers get sick and catch COVID. You know, I caught COVID. Um, you caught COVID. Uh, Brandon, I don't think you caught COVID. I tell you, uh, when I had my last COVID test, they told me I had the antibodies, so I must have had it and never even realized it. That's wild. Yeah. And of course, you probably know, got I, it from you. Probably. <laughs> you infectious bitch. Tongue kissing. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of all changed. You know, everyone needs this escape right now, and uh, we like we've told a lot of people this is kind of the the light at the end of the tunnel. We're getting back to some normalcy, and uh, hopefully everything stays great and everyone stays healthy, and we continue to pack out this uh, Jackson Terminal. So, closing remarks, guys. Uh, like, got anything you want to like? Just make absolutely clear to the listening audience before we close up shop for probably for at least until the next big NGW show. Because uh, I think I speak for everybody that uh, NGW has a, a place at the table for this podcast, and we want to give you guys. I'm, as I'm one of the guys show. who runs this podcast. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Listen, bitch. If you're not going to say it, I, I have to. Yeah. Um, what would you say, Cody? Uh, just some, like, housekeeping things. Uh, as far as, like, parking and stuff, if anyone's listening to this and buys a ticket and then, you know, we haven't ran at this venue before, uh, we will be putting up uh, some type of map to help people park downtown because uh, the venue is kind of difficult to, to navigate. Um, as far as the, the venue itself, um, we have been told no confetti cannons. So streamers are allowed. So streamers are a check mark. Confetti cannons are an X. Uh, don't bring them. Sorry, Johnny, you bad. <laughs> <laughs> bad blasters. So those, those are the only two like housekeeping things I can think of. Uh, doors open at five. Is that what we said? Show at six. That sounds right. Huh? Yeah, something something like that. If you show up in five and there's no one there, then uh, (laughs) yeah, we haven't really. We've been so caught up like booking the show, like we haven't like nailed down those little details. So like, but at this, guys are so unprofessional. (laughs) Well, at this point, man, like. Uh, we always have someone at the door anyway to take, you know, tickets. Uh, are we kind of anticipated? Maybe we won't even need someone there to actually sell tickets, but just to check tickets off because people have bought so much online. Uh, there is a ma- uh, like a max uh, capacity just because of the building. Um, so once we hit that max capacity, I mean, we we can't get you guys in there. So uh, biggest thing is just buying your tickets online. That kind of solidifies that you're going to have a spot there, and we're going to let probably do that same thing too. You know, at five, we'll probably do that at five if you've already bought your pre-sale tickets we'll go ahead and let you in and then if there's anything left over uh let the, they'll let those people in at 5 30 that's probably the easiest thing to do yeah man make sure hey make sure to like us on uh tiktok as well cody made tiktok and we have a video that has like almost like twenty thousand views yeah man cool yep. cool the old tiktok cool, cool. i know we feel so old trying, trying to, to operate that <laughs> dude i could not figure it out the first day i was like how do you do this thing like, i have no idea well you're evidently doing it very well uh, Cody, thank you so much for uh, sitting down and talking with us. And uh, Eddie, uh, I guess you didn't really have a choice. Yeah, uh, it's cool. I'm here. One third of the of this, you know, podcasting empire we're building. We were, and, so we were uh, in the top 100 po- wrestling podcasts in the U.S., man. So well, like, after this one, you're going to be in the top 10, brother. I oh, fucking hope so. We're going <laughs> heat, heat with everyone. Oh, man. Nuclear. Uh, <laughs> i got a boner knocking the table over so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, Cody. Yeah, uh, and for Eddie. Thank I'm, you, Brandon, for kind of wrangling this thing and making it work. Oh, you're, you're welcome. I'm 
Yay. <laughs> Party bowl! Yeah, guys. At nextgentn.net slash tickets or at nextgentn on all social medias.